Welcome to Also Cool Sounds Like. This season, we're featuring the stories and creative journeys of Montreal musicians. We're having conversations about where their musical inspiration comes from, what keeps them going, and what finding their place in the Montreal music scene has been like. I'm your host, Aviva. And I'm your other host, Gwen. Today, Aviva sits down with solo indie rock act Mitch Davis. He launched this musical project pretty recently with the release of the album The Haunt with Arbutus Records. Mitch and I talked about moving from Edmonton to Montreal a few years ago and escaping the bitter cold winters there. He actually used to be a rapper and went under the name Mitch Maddock. Mitch also loves to tinker around and actually makes a lot of his own equipment. And he also took that same spirit and made his own music video for one of the songs on this album. He's got a ton of musical influences. Uh, you can really hear jazz, soul, and funk on his album, and he even draws on classical piano music, which he says he really likes, and piano is his favorite instrument to express himself on. So let's get right into it. Welcome to the show. This episode was brought to you by Dispatch Coffee and Arbutus Records. When you buy in the morning, I don't start the day You could always ask to stay But it's more than that More than that More than I can say Well, my name is Mitch and Mitch Davis is my musical act and it's also my name. It's just me, really, but live I'm I've been playing with friends to fill out the band to make it more interesting and when did you first kind of catch the music bug i've been doing it kind of forever like longer than i remember i've been playing piano and writing songs i didn't really start recording at all until i was 16 and i was just kind of experimenting on like a very very cheap setup i don't know i just went from there i guess like as soon as i made them my first recordings did you have a piano yeah we had a piano my dad's a pastor actually i grew up in christianity there was a piano at the church and like every week i was waiting for like a couple hours for everyone else to leave and i would just like sit alone and play piano i guess i did that a lot too i asked mitch what his top musical influences were he had a hard time narrowing it down and trying to pinpoint them as his musical interests have morphed and changed over the years it's come in so many different phases. I almost only listened to rap for so, for a long time <laughs> from like big rappers like Nas or like earlier Kanye stuff and a lot of lesser known rappers too who I listened to. Like we're definitely influences in like subject matter. The ones I like, the lyrics are like complicated and like very worth listening to. It's like the most impactful genre lyrically that you can put so much into a song. Musically, I don't know, like maybe like Stevie Wonder's up there for sure. Shuggy Otis and... There, I don't know, there's so many people that, like, if I name them, I'd have to, like, go through my old music folder and, like, pick out some. Sometimes I feel like I'm as influenced by, like, classical music as I am, like, pop music. It's hard to name them in the same list. Is there any classical music that really stands out for you? Yeah, like, my favorite is probably Chopin. There's this one record of Chopin Nocturnes that I really loved and I've like listened to a million times. And it's played by, like, Arthur Rubinstein. I think I just came across it years ago. I bought the vinyl once and I gave it away as a gift, but I kind of wish I had it still. <laughs> but I would get that again. Well, your friends will know what good gift to give you now. Yeah, yeah. I learned to play Claire de Lune off YouTube <laughs> once. It was one of the songs that sounded impossible. Like I couldn't imagine fingers playing it. So I wanted to see if I could do it.
Although Mitch has been playing on different musical projects for years and years, he decided to put out a solo album that he had been working on for a while. At the end of April of this year, he released The Haunt. This is the first time I've made an album of this sort, but it's kind of like soul rock, kind of poppy in a way. I guess I'm just, I'm kind of going off like how other people have described it. <laughs> people called it sunshine pop or something, sunshine rock. I called it The Haunt just because it's pretty much entirely about ruminating on past experiences and being haunted by memories that maybe aren't pleasant memories necessarily, but you can't get rid of them all the same. And most of it is pretty much like a breakup album study of that from all corners. I don't know. It's still kind of like happy sounding. I don't mind if like songs sound happy, but are really kind of sad. Was it based on a particular breakup in your life? Well, that's the funny part. It was like half brand new songs and half songs I kind of had brewing for a while. It's like a, a lot of different experiences in my life. Yeah, it's it's definitely not all one experience. It's kind of just like a study of memories from all sorts of experiences over the past eight years or something. So not a one particular juicy breakup? No. <laughs> uh, for the album, it helped to be like trying to date during like lockdown and isolation and stuff <laughs> because it was just a terrible experience was it what was it like i don't know it was weird i went on some like uh, i mean it, the songs aren't about that necessarily went on some like cold dates in the park in like in the <laughs> when it was like basically winter still and like you would never be outside if not for that <laughs> and like i don't know it's just like it's almost impossible to like have a normal conversation <laughs> when you're like that your feet are fr freezing yeah and you just like want to get out of there but you're still like trying to meet someone because there's no other way to, to like talk to anyone it wasn't a very nice experience overall just and like i wasn't dating anyone during the height of the lockdown and curfew and stuff i was just like isolated a lot making music every day the album cover for the haunt has a really unique feel to it with a candy red background, it features a chorus of people walking in a line, a griffin, and a person in a suit playing on a lavender piano in the bottom left corner. I asked Mitch what the story was behind the artwork. Well, I knew Leonie. She used to live here, Leonie Deschat, but now she lives in Berlin. And she had done art for Anemone. We were friends before and like I'd seen other paintings of hers. And I basically just like approached her and sent her the songs and was like, do whatever you want. Maybe I want to be on the cover. But if so, I want to be like in a weird distorted way or something. And that was like the only direction I gave. <laughs> but later on, she asked for a photo of me playing piano. It came out, it's kind of like the part that I'm on it playing piano is a lot like this photo from 2007 where I was like, my first show ever. <laughs> playing piano hmm. but yeah i, I kind of like, gave her free reign i actually named the album after seeing the album artwork it seemed to fit so well because it kind of looks like a hellscape or something in a way but still super like dreamy and I, re I really like her work she said she just blasted the album while she was painting i trusted her to do whatever came of that really you're doing a solo project right now so you've played in a lot of bands before right um but how did you decide to make this album and pursue a solo project i actually i performed solo for a long time in Alberta, mostly. It was a completely different kind of music. Like, I used to rap. I had done shows 
as like a solo pianist, honestly, like first before everything. But then I I started rapping and I did hundreds and hundreds of shows like that. But I was at the same time I was also getting asked to play in my friends' indie rock bands. So I did a lot of that at the same time over the years and like playing all sorts of instruments like that. I was already in the genre also, but I had never like adapted it for my own music really. But there's always something left inside of me Lost a lover in a minute there Lost the minute in the moments it would pass Mitch's music has a nostalgic, laid-back feel. I asked him about how he goes about creating a certain vibe on his songs and how he sets the mood for his musical creations. That part's really fun for me. Like once I have a song, I don't always know what genre I want it to sound like. I've made music in a lot of different ways and a lot of different genres and I, I love a lot of different genres. I never really know going in like what it's going to sound like. I kind of just wait. I could just mess around until like I'm inspired by one method, one way of playing it. Like Left Inside, for example, like I thought it was going to be like an 80s really upbeat pop song. <laughs> I still kind of wanted to release a remix that was in that way because I, I remembered the chords like felt really great over the certain type of beat but in the end I like incorporated a, a speed change halfway to try to like bridge the gap a little bit but it still didn't get to the point where it was like the the poppy song that I I had first written it as It was the biggest marathon of a recording process slash writing process. I worked on it technically for like six months. I like how it developed and I, I wrote all of the chords in the first like four days or so. I wrote, I had all the chords and like the structure, everything laid out because I was just writing it on piano. But like figuring out how to record it in a new way that I found interesting to me took a really long time. And I just kept kind of like adding layers like you can't really hear it, but there's like 10 layers of saxophone in some parts. What kind of headspace were you in when you were writing it initially? I mean, I was pretty depressed <laughs> at the time. Pretty much all the songs on this record are breakup songs, including the instrumentals, actually. Yeah, this one, like, I don't know, I was pretty, pretty far down when I was writing it. But it's kind of like how I process those feelings. When I feel something powerful like that, I find it way easier to make a song. sponsor for today's episode is Dispatch Coffee. Dispatch delivers traceable and ethically sourced coffee from small-scale farms to doorsteps across Canada. Their beans are expertly roasted in Montreal, which ensures your coffee will be fresher and higher quality than what you can get in the grocery store. Visit www.dispatchcoffee.ca to try a coffee bag for home or coffee subscription today and get 20% off your first order. Use also cool at checkout. In the Morning is the first song on The Haunt. Mitch filled me in on what the song is about for him. There's some regret in the lyrics a little bit, but it's mostly just like longing and loneliness a bit. The very first line is like, when you're by in the morning, I don't want to start the day. When you 
And I, I remember like talking to my brother about it at the same time because、uh, when I was writing it, I didn't mean literally by in the morning. I was like, oh, it's about a memory. But then my brother was like, no one's ever gonna get that because that's not what you said. <laughs> totally fair enough. Like it was different going from like writing rap lyrics to writing these lyrics because you you have to say so much more with so fewer words. I'm still kind of getting used to that, trying to distill everything down to one sentence rather than. A whole paragraph or essay about it. Interesting. And do you feel like you cover similar topics from your rap music in in this latest project? In some ways, I have. I have a lot of rap songs that are are kind of about isolation and loneliness to a degree, but mostly just isolation. A lot of that came from like being in Edmonton in the winter, walking around at like four a.m. or something. You kind of feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. And you feel disconnected from the rest of the world entirely. <laughs> When I recorded the guitar and the vocals for that song, it was just guitar and vocals. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a really quiet song. Over the next like, month or so, I just kept thinking of something to add and thinking of something to add, and then added that big like drop in the middle of the song, with like eight layers of saxophone and like six layers of synth. I usually like lay down something and it stays forever, and then I kind of just see what I can fit or see what I need to fit to make it finished. So I read that you played all the instruments on your album. Why did you decide to do it that way? I, I have an obsession with doing things myself, in to a degree. Sometimes, like it's a bad thing. I don't think I could expect the amount of dedication from anyone, and I definitely couldn't afford to pay anyone to like put in the number of hours I put in in order to do that. I kind of just had to do it myself. A lot of the albums I've really liked, or the artists I've liked, have come from that direction too, and I just found that really inspiring. So I wanted to do it at least once, but、I'll, I might keep doing it. Is it like a very painstaking process? Does it feel like you're jamming with yourself? I'm trying to learn how to. My friend Rennie Wilson is a little better at like jamming loosely with himself. Like he'll he's been making these like ten minute or or like more like thirty minute recordings, and then just like jamming along one take at a time. I have a lot of trouble being that loose and like that much without structure. Like I made a point on this record of really trying not to overstress everything and keep some of like the improvised first takes and mistakes and stuff where I could. It's hard to jam with yourself without overthinking it. <laughs> And so I try not to overthink it as much as possible. I've heard that you also love to build your own equipment. How did you get into that? Through making music, actually. But when I graduated high school, I was actually going to go into engineering. I thought for a minute that was what I was going to do, but then I didn't feel happy. But I also just ran out of money <laughs> too. So I was <laughs> like, I started playing shows more. I started repairing my own gear when it would break. Like something of mine would break, and I would just like look on the internet for like. How to fix it? Half the time, I would find something with instructions and photos telling me exactly how to fix it, and I would just copy it without knowing what I was doing at all. And it's kind of just expanded on that. And also moving to Montreal, I don't really speak French, and I found it was a way to make money by like repairing synths. So I got a lot better at it really quickly <laughs> because of that. And then I started making my own gear just in the past like couple of years too. Oh, that's so neat. And does it inform your sound? Like, does it inform the music you end up making? I recorded this whole album through like equipment I made. To me, that feels really cool. 
it had a big effect on it. I recorded everything, like all the distortion on anything is like is through the the compressor that I was I make. They they inform each other, I guess. I kind of like tuned the parts to the compressor and like the ways you can adjust it. I kind of like adjusted that to what I want to hear. What exactly does a compressor do? Nowadays, like there are plugins like on the computer that do compression. But what compression is is like say you like yell a word and then you whisper a word right after it. What a compressor will do is it'll lower the volume of the word that you yell and then like raise the volume of the whispered word to try to even out the dynamics of the entire recording. When you play drums into a compressor, it'll like lower the volume of all the really abrasive hits and raise the volume of the quiet stuff, which is kind of like the reverb in the room. And in effect, it just makes things sound bigger. It just makes things sound finished. It's not abrasive to the ear. It's just kind of big and in your face. And so you've made a unique one? Yeah. There's a special kind of compressor that uses tubes called a Verimu compressor. A couple of years ago, I just, I finally, like, it clicked how they work. I just started experimenting with it. I figured out that you can draw your own circuit boards and order them made. And it's, like, actually really affordable. I started just experimenting with different designs of that and, like, ordering the circuit boards and, like, testing it. And for a long time, all my prototypes were, like, built with, like, cardboard on wood or something. I sometimes would record through that. Even the one I used for this record, it doesn't have a top on it. And it's, like, half broken and stuff. And it, none of the controls are labeled or anything. It's definitely still a prototype-looking thing, but it's a lot more accessible than I realized to make your own circuit boards, and that kind of blew my mind and like opened up this whole new pathway for me, in a way. Lost the minute and the moments it would pass Just a moment now, a memory Until there's nothing left inside of me what do you think you'd be doing if you weren't doing music? Oh, I don't know. Like, I've thought about that. By the time I was like 19, pretty much all my friends were musicians. I kind of was just naturally like in that environment. I feel like I kind of came into consciousness as an adult already doing music. So I've, I, I don't know. I've thought about what I would have done otherwise. Like, I really like sciences. I like uh, engineering to a degree. I'm like... I don't really know physics, but I read physics books and I find them interesting. But I don't know if I would have been satisfied only doing that also, you know. I feel like I would always still be writing music, even if I wasn't trying to like do it for my lifestyle. What do you love about making music and what does it make you feel? It's a way of expressing emotions in a in a way that's like digestible by other people for me it's just it's part of life mostly <laughs> i don't think i'll ever stop doing it entirely for me it's a way of like processing and like understanding experiences as i go through them and it's just part of the process of life in general and do you picture people listening to it and and what do you hope they would feel I always picture a live show, like even when I'm recording, I picture like what it's going to feel like live in front of an audience. So that's definitely part of it. The energy from that will like inform how it's recorded and I'll try to like conjure energy that way. So like the performance, I can like be alone in my room or whatever, but like have enough vibrancy to like make the recording worthwhile. I hope people, even when they're not listening in a show context, like listening at home, I don't know. I just hope they like people can relate to the songs in a way and like feel something from it and connect to it. Can't really control that, I guess. I'd like to put out another one as soon as I can. It's probably going to be very different in style from this one, but I'm excited to like see what I can do, I guess. I don't really care what kind of music I make. I just want it to 
be good if I can, <laughs> or like the best I can do. I think it'll probably be more electric and less like completely like traditional instrumentation. Like a lot of people said, this record sounded like a, like a '70s genre or something, and I don't know if I'll, I'll always like be doing exactly that. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Like it's been great. Also Cool Sounds Like is hosted, produced, and edited by me, Aviva Lassard, and Gwen Rowley in collaboration with Also Cool Magazine. Shout out to the Also Coolers Malika Astorga, Zoe R. Jeropolis Hunter, and Rebecca Judd for their editorial support. Our intro music is by Jacob Lassard, and the show's artwork is designed by Christina Rivera. This episode was brought to you by Dispatch Coffee and Arbutus Records. Check out the magazine at alsocoolmag.com or on Instagram at alsocoolmag. You'll find some bonus content of the artists you hear on this podcast. We'll include a link to Mitch Davis's music in the show notes. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. If you'd like to be featured on the show or want to recommend an artist, email us at podcast at alsocoolmag.com. Thanks for listening! <laughs>